Nurses and Hypochondriacs, the podcast that brings nurse experts, patients, and hypochondriacs together to discuss hot topics in healthcare. And here is your host, Ercilia Pompilio. Do you remember what your school lunch was like when you were a kid? Well, when I was a kid, my dad made me school lunch. And it was the same thing every single day. It consisted of a dry peanut butter sandwich on white bread. No jelly. And sometimes it was only the butt ends of the bread. And to drink? It was water from the school water fountain. Sometimes I'd pitch a fit, you know, because I would get bored eating the same thing for years. Almost eight years, mind you. And my dad would take pity on me and buy me McDonald's or Carl's Jr. or Burger King. But because I went to Catholic school on Thursdays, we had hot lunch. And they would serve us either hot dogs or hamburgers. Now, the first 30 minutes of a Thursday on hot lunch day, our teachers would spend asking us if we wanted with or without. I mean, they call our names and say with or without which meant if it was hot dog day, with or without mustard. If it was hamburger day, it was with or without this orange secret sauce stuff. But school lunches literally suck. I mean, parents have to think of making a lunch for their kids every single day in a whole school year for years. I started asking my friends what their school lunches were like when they were kids. And one of my friends told me that it was the same thing every single day. It was bologna with mustard on white bread. Another friend told me that it was dry, dark turkey meat sandwiches on crusty bread every single day because his dad thought that that was healthy. And another one of my friends said all he ever wanted in his lunch was to have Capri Sun, just like all his friends. And he said he would beg his mom at Costco to buy him Capri Sun, and she would say no, because it was too expensive. Not to mention full of chemicals. I mean, today, though, school lunches really suck. And they're so controversial. I mean, in late 2018, The United States Department of Agriculture, under the direction of President Donald Trump, finalized plans to roll back regulations set forth in the Healthy Hunger Free Kids Act of 2010. And those were advocated for by the then First Lady Michelle Obama. Specifically, the rollback lowered nutrition standards for whole grains, flavored beverages, and the sodium content of lunches served in school cafeterias. I mean, but nowadays... So crazy political. In places like New Jersey, kids can't even afford to buy lunch. I mean, there's a school lunch deficit there. I mean, one kid in Alabama was even school lunch shamed because he didn't have enough money to buy school lunch. They put a sign on him that said, needs lunch money. It's ridiculous. So on today's episode, We're going to talk about why school lunches suck. And I'm so excited to bring on my guest, Dr. Francine Kaufman, 
She's an American endocrinologist, professor, author, researcher, consultant, and corporate officer in the medical field of diabetes mellitus. She's the author of Diabetes, the Obesity Diabetes Epidemic That Threatens America. She's better recognized for her work in banning soda in the Los Angeles Unified School District. Stay tuned for this episode. Should be a fun one. And welcome, nurses and hypochondriacs. Here we are in another episode. I'm so excited for this episode on why school lunches suck. And I'm happy to introduce my guest, Dr. Francine Kaufman. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. I had met you um, several years ago when you were promoting your book, Diabesity. And I think it was a clinic in the Covina area. I was working at a clinic in the Covina area and you were at a hospital out there promoting the book. And my physician that I worked for encouraged me to go. And I was so ecstatic. I was like, oh my gosh, because I always wanted to be a writer and now I am a writer. And I I was psyched that a physician wrote this book and uh, a prominent physician like yourself. So I was so happy to get the book. And because I did a lot of my uh, grad school research on obesity and on personal training, and uh, I have researched it for many, many years, and, and as a pediatric nurse practitioner, most of the complaints I get from parents are school lunches. You know, when we start talking about the weight issue, they're like, it's what they eat at school. Have you seen it? So what are your... <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's... it's it's a pretty complex environmental issue. So school lunch is part of it. Um, whether you're in an environment, part of the community that really promotes health or not. So a lot of activity as well. It's not just input. It's also some energy expenditure, expenditure issues in addition. And then, you know, I think we've all heard a lot since my book came out about uh, really food deserts where it's hard to be in a place where you can access and afford the best kinds of food versus the fast food and the packaged food and all the food that we know has been manufactured to pull us in and to, you know, pretty much addict us to salt and sugar and, and, and fat. So school lunch is a big part, but it's not the only one. So you were pivotal in taking out soda machines in schools here in California. Is that correct? Or nationwide? That is is correct. Well, it it started in uh, LA Unified and then it was kind of the the ban that spread. Um, And and in fact, the day that the ban occurred in 2003, or that LA Unified agreed to, um, you know, ban sodas, there were Japanese reporters there. I mean, there were reporters from um, across Europe and certainly across the United States, because LA Unified is the second biggest school district in the country. And if they were going to do something theoretically as radical at the time as banning sodas, then I think everybody was pretty excited to find out what it, what it would look like and what it might turn out to be. That's insane. I remember going to high school and my favorite soda to drink was Cactus Cooler. I had never discovered it before. I was like, wow. I mean, that's loaded with sugar. But I would buy it every day. It was like my treat. I was, you know, I became addicted very fast on that. Well, when I went to school, you know, I'm going to be 
69 soon. Um, and proud amazing, of it. By the way, you look amazing. Yeah, thank you. But um, there were no sodas. You you could only buy the approved lunch that came with milk. And and you know in those days the school lunch program was really doing what it was meant to do, which was originally to combat malnutrition and undernutrition. So the point of the school lunch across the country was to add calories for people, to add some nutritional calories. And what happened is there was no adaptation of that original, you know, need after World War II um, to really adapt to the fact that we were now facing an obesity crisis rather than an undernutrition crisis. So we stayed with the same kind of principles and they didn't make any sense, you know, thousands of calories. It didn't really look at what the nutrient quality of those calories were. It did eventually get into some salt and fat percentage. So, um, you know, particularly uh, saturated fat had a percentage. So when we went to the school lunch people and said, you know, the pizza by percentage wise has too much fat, their concept, well, we'll just add more carbohydrate and then we'll drop the percentage rather than look at the whole pizza and try to figure out how can we make this something that's both tasty and nourishing. But I think there's been a lot of movement, a lot of change in school lunch. It's still not perfect. It's still trying to meet um, a variety of, of needs, which is still that many children are not getting adequate nutrition at home because of expense and you know uh, homelessness, a lot of other issues. So the school lunch program is trying to com still combat adding nutrition, adding calories, and yet restricting calories and, you know, improving overall uh, uh, choices that people can have. Right. And that takes me to my point of the whole Obama administration with Michelle Obama starting the Healthy Lunch Program. Uh, I have an article here that I'm going to pull up. Uh, where, where she tried to do that whole movement. Um, yeah, I mean, she was committed. They were, yeah, yeah. That administration really got it, obviously, on getting healthy choices, a color palette in the school lunch, you know, not doing all packaged food that, you know, not only has sodium and fat, but a variety of chemicals. And, you know, I think we were making some progress. Uh, you know, obviously, it's a c competition between offering school lunch budgets that schools are facing and obviously making cuts across the board and delivering on, you know, still an antiquated set of criteria for the school lunch. Right. And her initiative was called the Healthy Hunger Free Kids Act of 2010. And it advocated for the... Michelle Obama, um, specifically to roll back lower nutrition standards for whole grains, flavored beverages, and sodium content in lunches served in school cafeterias. Now, the Trump administration, as of 2017, they are changing it, or they have changed it, and I think they've lowered um, the grain content. So it was 100% whole grains that Michelle Obama was advocating for. And it, now they decrease it to 50% whole grains. And I think it was higher sodium content. Right. Uh, so what do you think about that? I mean, I, I pulled another article up that said in response to the Healthy Hunger Kids Act, this is a, a research study that they did between boys and girls eating the new recommendations from the Trump administration. This was just published this month. 
September 2019. And it found that with the new implementations that boys were able to have lower BMI scores than females with these new guidelines that the Trump administration went uh, and um, well, well it's, hard, it's hard to look at a BMI change that quickly. Um, so you have to say that probably that BMI trajectory started under Michelle Obama's initiative. And, you know, he's just that the Trump administration is just getting some of the benefits of what was improved. You know, we, we know a lot more about nutrition than we did when these school lunch acts were originally put into play. We have a different set of priorities, right? We have now seen that um, obesity and in the face of poor nutritional in, you know, intake is probably the biggest problem our country has. And the under calorie isn't really under calorie, it's under nutrients. So we need to address that. And um, you know, obviously, um, you know, I don't want my politics to shine through, but it's really hard not to. Well, no, it's, it's a, it is a very political issue. I mean, all right. the articles that I was pulling especially now with the lunch money shaming that's going on in New Jersey with the kids who can't afford lunch. Uh, I, I mean, there's a, there's a huge debt. Uh, there's a school in New Jersey. There was a school in Alabama that put a tag on a kid that said uh, not enough lunch money with a happy face on it or something or doesn't have lunch money. I, I mean, it's kind of getting a bit ridiculous. Well, it's, it's always, it's always been hard. I mean, one of the programs we did, so I did a, big study um, uh, with a, a, across the country with a, just a gifted set of uh, researchers looking, it, the study was called a healthy trial, it was funded by the NIH, and it was looking to fundamentally change the middle school environment. So if we changed PE, if we got messaging to uh, families, if we put part of nutrition in the overall curriculum, if it became the social norm to eat a healthy lunch, and of course, involved in that was no shaming about anybody who uh, was on the free lunch program or reduced, um, uh, you know, price lunch. Then, um, you know, we saw that we could reduce the progression to obesity. It was a very comprehensive program. Some of it's, you know, been used to institute new programs and new initiatives, but it's very expensive. So we've got to decide. I mean, the biggest problem, you know, our nation decides is not that we don't have any money, right? Where do we spend our money? And um, middle school, it's too late actually to really start there. We need to start with, um, you know, universal preschool um, and getting good nutrition at that point, helping young families learn um, about rewarding with food. I mean, all the aspects of food, of nourishment, and nurturing very tied together, right? So we all find comfort in eating, right? Because it's right, yes. Brings us back to abuela or yeah, yeah, family, huge family yeah. and food, and it's always there. So it's all tied up. Um, and then, of course, the environment needs to change so the kids live in places. And I, you know, really, I think emphasize this in my book, Diabetes, that if you're not in a safe neighborhood and can't go out and play, very then true. all you're get, doing that is, is the main complaint I get from a lot of kids too. Right, you know, right. They're stuck in their apartments. They can't play there. They can't. They don't go to the park like we used to, or when I used to when I was a kid by myself, or right, ride right. our bikes around and stuff. So right. So I mean, it's it's a really but but the best place to start is in the places that we do have some control, like the school lunch program. So you know, kind of some better national guidelines. I think the Obama administration was really clearly on the right path 
It's um, very painful to see some of these policies regressed under the uh, Trump administration. Of course, I will add no surprise to me at all. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, that is something. So getting sodas out, I mean, the data around drinking calories is probably oh, yeah. the most powerful data. And then How many calories does one soda have? I, I remember when I was in uh, grad school in 2004, I would go around. They had these special clinics, which were like gyms in a way uh, that were started. And they were doing uh, personal training, exercise education, and also uh, nutrition education. And Medi-Cal was paying for them. And certain hospitals were starting uh, clinics like that. Yeah, so sure, I, was, sure. I was going around and I did my research on it and it was such a great idea and they had such amazing outcomes. But then of course, Medi-Cal cut their funding and then they just died. I was actually going to help a clinic start one uh, because of such the positive impact because it also taught parents. And I remember one of the, the um, classes was showing how many spoonfuls of sugar was in one can of soda. I don't right. remember how many, but it was a ton. Yeah, I mean, about, you know, 20%, 25% of the whole bottle gets filled with sugar, right? So, and, you know, the problem is, what's the size of the soda, right? So when I was young, you got six ounces, I think, was wow. these small little bottles, and it would be such a treat that it would last for an hour to drink it. Now you can get... 24 ounces, 36, I mean, some of these big gulps where, Or you know, they go to Starbucks. That right, the, right. The, Starbucks the is just as bad. Or the veggies. Right, right. None of that, you know, drinking any kind of calories is kind of a bad idea. We use it, you know, as an endocrinologist, I use it to treat low blood sugar because it immediately elevates somebody's glucose right. level. And I, you know, I've been one who kind of feels that drinking calories should be allowed only with a prescription and not, you know, not out there for the general public. So, I mean, there are some things that I think we know we could do. Banning sodas, um, continuing to uh, look at school lunch, trying to get federal law, working locally. You know, no matter what the federal government comes, there's still control um, often at the, at least the regional or or, or at times the, the local level. So working, you know, if you're a parent and you're not, not pleased with the school lunch, you need to work with your local school. Um, I think I as healthcare providers, we do too. Yes, I agree with you on that. I've written letters to schools. Uh, I'm now working in the Palm Springs area, and I've written letters to a few of the teachers or the principals about certain school lunches because these are the complaints I'm getting from the parents. And I'm like, hey, let me send you a letter because they're like, what can I do? I go, go talk to the principal. Go talk to who's ever putting these school lunches together. And I've even written a letter. Here, do you want me to write your letter? Here you go. And I give it to them. I mean, it's just something that I can do, um, especially because I've done most of my research on this. And especially I'm really sick and tired of seeing a 200-pound eight-year-old pop into my clinic, you know, and, and everybody's like, well, I don't know, you know, and, um, and most of the times in that area, the parents are also obese and they say they cook really healthy meals. 
uh, but we're not seeing that with the kid. And they always blame the child. You know, they're like, see, I told you. And I'm like, but you're the parent and you're buying the food for them. You know, I know sometimes when they're going out, they can't control it, but it's also an educational thing as well, which I try to tell them, if you educate your kid on what to eat and what's healthy for their body, they usually will do it, you know, most of the time. I try, yeah, for for a while. at least try. You know, I had a nutritionist uh, friend of mine who uh, she kind of mind controlled her kid to the point where he was very hypochondriac and wasn't eating any sugar. Even when he went to a birthday party, he's like, I can't have that. It's sugar. You know, she like freaked wow. out wow. until That's the rare. point. Yeah. He was very, very healthy, you know, but then she would tell him, you know, you can have a little piece of cake at a party, you know, if, if the other kids are having it, you know, and, and she's like, Oh my gosh, I went overboard on him. I go, yeah, it was a little bit overboard. So like, <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I love to say, um, and my husband says this all the time, Everything in moderation, exactly. including moderation. Um, exactly. You, you know, obviously, you're not going to find an environment where it's going to be sugar-free, where there aren't going to be. We went to two birthday parties yesterday. Um, <laughs> one was a one-year-old, and the other one was an 80-year-old. And there were big cakes of both. So, um, you know, and a, and a small piece. Obviously, we're not saying total denying. But I do want to say, you know, this is a very, very complex issue that involves the entire life cycle. So it's probably the most important thing is for a woman when she's going to plan her pregnancy, and of course, pregnancy should be planned, um, that she's at optimal weight, optimal nutrition, and stays healthy because we know gestational diabetes is a big risk factor to that developing child and patterns what might happen to them the rest of their lives. And of course, they had no play in what happened from you know, their mother's nutrition and weight gain an initial starting weight during their gestational period. Then, you know, how we go nursing is obviously much better where the child can self-regulate rather than we put a bottle in their mouth and they have to finish six ounces whether they want it or not. How we begin feeding the child, where where food plays a part in their daily routine. Is it is it pleasurable? Is it, you know, somebody you're gonna sit in that high chair till you eat all this? And children should be able to self-regulate. And then what happens in the um, uh, daycare and preschool environment, obviously school lunch and everything that's going on at school. It's not just school lunch inside schools. It's using food um, or candy for rewards. I mean, it's amazing to me. My grandchildren are still able to get candy at school as a reward. Wow. Um, You know, the big booster clubs that they have selling candy, um, the machines that are in the environment, obviously what happens then in... Um, universities, uh, nutrition, the 20-pound weight gain used to be 10-pound, you know, in that freshman year. And, you know, that keeps escalating. And then obviously what's available in the work environment. Um, What, you know, whether we're in a food desert or not, whether we can afford uh, access to healthy foods. I mean, these are, these are, it's a very, very comprehensive socio-ecological model. But I agree with you, starting with school lunch, is a place that we could have some control. It's a place where it's pretty, um, you know, basic from federal law down to the local level, how that's translated at this specific school. We should all be involved in our local schools, whether we have children there or not. Um, And, you know, it is probably the most logical place to really continue to emphasize. And what's tragic is to see the gains that were made now taken away. 
So, um, that's but, you true. know, we all article, have to go to the polls. <laughs> right. Very true. <clears throat> and in an article that I pulled this morning on uh, NBC News, it says there's going to be 500,000 children who will no longer be automatically el- eligible for free lunch under the Trump administration. So that's what they're reporting because they're going to do an overhaul on the food stamps um, as well. Uh, and, uh, yeah, on SNAP. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, if anything, we're, we're going backwards and we're going backwards in obviously all aspects of my opinion of access to healthcare and access to health and what's going to happen in the healthcare arena. And it's tragic. So I hope everybody, whatever their political will might be, that they go out and vote and, and um, that, you know, that we can return our country back to a positive direction rather than, you know, giant steps forward and now bigger steps backwards. And certainly another four years of this, uh, you know, I think would, would lead to even more erosion of the gains that we had made. Taking children off the school lunch program who are in need um, is, is not going to help anything um, because then the only things they can afford is a bag of chips, right? You don't want them to be hungry. Um, they want something that's the cheapest way and that solves no problem at all. It's very true. What, you know, when I was teaching a few years ago, uh, I took my students to the Compton School District. That was one of our clinical rotations. And they wanted to sit in the cafeteria and eat with the kids. And they wanted to eat a school lunch. So I arranged it for them. And the chef weighed about over 500 pounds and he was huge. And he looked at me like, his eyes were popping out of his head. I mean, he was terrified when we, he saw us come in and go, hey, this is what we're doing today. And we, I had uh, asked the nurse about it, and I had also asked the principal about it, and I got all the okays, and he gave the uh, begrudgingly okay. And we sat there, and we had a school lunch. And what we had was spaghetti with super, super sweet sauce. We had milk. We had carrot sticks. And there was something else, and I'm not sure what it was, some type of other card probably. Uh, but we, we sat there and I, I told my students, I want to watch, I, I want you to see how much of the food the kids actually eat and what they do with them. And they were just mortified because nobody was really eating them. I mean, some of the kids would eat and then majority of them all threw their milk away in the trash. There was trash cans full of milk. And yeah. it was it was just so incredibly sad. I mean, like, what's the point? So, uh, but there's also so much waste, and and I don't know if they're really educating the kids. Like, hey, don't throw your milk away, or what do you do with it? You know. Well, I think they're trying. You know, part of um, there needs to be obviously nutrition education in the school starting very early, um, and kind of um, you know that that school lunch has to be tasty enough and appealing enough that kids are going to want to eat it. Um, and they've got to serve it. The kids have to take it. I mean, it's, it's a complex uh, reward system for the schools themselves. So if they put out, you know, a tofu burger and, um, you know, a, a glass of water, nobody would take it and they would lose the, the money that they get from the federal government for the school lunch. So they're still trying to appeal to the kids. Um, I remember when we put, um, so this was in the, you know, uh, beginning of the 2000s, when we put whole grain we only did half a bun at the beginning and it was the bottom bun so the kids couldn't see it. 
because they were used to white, you know, white buns. And if they right. didn't see that, they did, they thought it was spoiled or something. Why was it dark and why did it have those little things in it? Um, so there's a lot of education, a lot of patterning has to start, uh, you know, the families have to be brought along the way in addition so that they can mirror hopefully what's going on at home. I think we've done some, some better things. I think, you know, we've got some good things in the state of California and, and in other places, at least with the calorie menus available in many of the stores. Of course, when that first came out, those with a lot of health literacy really use it to reduce their calories. Those with little health literacy as adults um, thought they were getting a bigger bargain. So, oh, for a dollar, I can get 900 calories versus for a dollar, I can get 600 calories. Right. So there's always education that go, has to go with all these kind of um, pieces where we're trying to either show uh, benefits and, um, you know, lack of, of the best kind of nutrition pattern, as well as, um, you know, trying to change people's behavior. Changing behavior is really tough. It's very difficult. Um, so we need to start, you know, from the very beginning. But, um, you know, I, I would say never give up on school lunch as the one of the best focuses we can have starting early school, you know, all the school lunch programs, particularly in daycare and uh, early childhood education. That's really important as well. And that we have to have policy from the federal government all the way through the local um, administrations that allow the school lunch to be maximally nutritious, have the right caloric balance, and still appeal to the kids. So it's a tall order. You know, LA Unified is making, I don't know, like um, lunch for a million kids almost. Wow. It's done centrally and then transported out. So, you know, the lunch is made at four o'clock in the morning. They eat it at noon. And you can imagine what that entails. Um, you know, it's a, it's a tricky thing. It is a tricky thing. I used to date a school lunch chef when mm -hmm. I was in grad school, go figure. And when I was doing this research and he was like, oh yeah, frozen chimichangas. And he would tell me how he went about to prepare the food and, and about his team and how arduous it was, you know, and it was a lot of work and he had to plan the menus every month or whatever it was. But, you know, he, he stood by his, his frozen chimichangas and I was like, those are terrible. I mean, like, they shouldn't be. and he's like, but it has the protein and, and it has the carb that's needed and stuff. So it, it was always an interesting debate between us, but I, they, they are changing menus around. I, I pulled some menus and, and one school, uh, I think it's back East. They're having like general Tao's chicken, Mandarin, orange chicken, veggie lo mein, uh, taco bar, hummus, tabbouli bowls, and, and more salad varieties. I mean, kids' palates today are very different from my day uh, and, and, and your day as well. I mean, uh, like I told you in my email, this whole, art, this whole podcast came about because I was baking chocolate chip cookies for a guy that I'm dating, and I accidentally used wheat flour because that's all they had at Sprouts, and I grabbed it without even looking that it said wheat flour, and I made the cookies. They were dark chocolate macadamia nut cookies. And I told him, I go, I'm sorry, I use wheat flour. I'm not sure how these are going to come out. And he just flipped out and was like, my mom used to make them with wheat flour. And he's like, my parents used to be so health, try to be so healthy. And he's like, and then he started talking about school lunches and how he had dark turkey meat with like terrible bread 
that his father would send him with. And I was like, yeah, try dry peanut butter with the ends of the bread. And that's it that your parents are sending you to school with. That was me. I mean, what were your school lunches like? Well, actually, so I, I, you know, how did you send your kids to school? Well, it was easier for them. What did you pack for them? Well, it it was hard. You know, I had one who would, you know, eat hardly anything. So there was often a, a, you know, um, mozzarella stack, cheese stack, yogurt, of course, and then you you had to be sure it wasn't warm and peanut (laughs) butter. I mean, it, it, it was, it wasn't easy. And sometimes, you know, they'd come home and they would be ravenous because they hadn't eaten it. And of course, a lot of times they'd rather just play than eat. And then there was trading going on. And, you know, I, I right. try to figure out, well, what did you actually eat? You know, fortunately they, they were, they were healthy and it didn't matter. Um, but it is, it is challenging. And, um, you know, at school now, my, my grandson has, uh, he usually brings his lunch and then there's a pizza day, I think where you can buy into it. That's his best day. Right. right. So, <laughs> You know, yes. it, we no, just have to make pizza day and hamburger day and hot dog day. I went to Catholic school, so that's uh, really <laughs> yeah. Well, you just have to make them as healthy as possible, um, and and it's a real challenge. I mean, you know, there's kids who, if you put, uh, you know, just even a small some crackers or what, that's all they'll eat. Um, so you know, this is not an a, a, an easy problem to solve. I think the teachers have to be kind of committed where, you know, let's sit down, let's have lunch. It's really important. Um, you know, some of the programs of educating around lunch. So in some of those schools talk about, you know, what foods do you eat at home? Why do you eat them? You know, what does grandma like to make? So that there's some understanding of the cultural diversity of the food as well. I, I mean, LA Unified yeah. is making lunch across, you know, a hundred different languages every day. And uh, that many cultures. So some kids have never seen a hamburger and some kids have never seen a chimichanga. So it all depends on, you know, what they're used to. So it's, um, you know, it's not an easy problem, but I think probably the most important thing is to make meals um, and the school lunch, you know, a time to eat, a time to, um, you know, interact. Eating is always, you know, kind of associated with a little bit of downtime, um, conversation, you know, hopefully a, 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 a bit of a nurturing. And then to have, you know, what Ellie, most of the schools do, some physical activity afterwards so that the kids, um, you know, don't get somnolent after the lunch period. And, um, and to, you know, to make it as, as healthy as possible. So the whole grains really make sense, right? The vegetables really make sense. Um, and, you know, diversity and um, uh, differences so that kids can all feel that they're part of it. Um, and it's a tall order for the schools that are stressed in a variety of ways these days, mainly because of budget cuts. So we've got to be supportive. And, you know, I think vilifying them off the bat is, is not the way no. to go um, and, and, you know, try to help. So any of us who have any ability to, you know, to reach out to our schools and see how we can help. Um, even go there if you know if you're retired or have some time off and help serve the lunch you know become a volunteer in your school I think that's a great idea I mean kids only get 30 minutes to eat both times in oh sometimes it's even less than that right you know it's and um you know I still take care of a lot of people and and some of my pay you know my my patients who go to school since I'm an endocrinologist they have diabetes they've got to go and take their lunch shot or their insulin dose and wow. they still fit in the meal. It's really, you know, kids with other, um, you know, uh, diverse uh, medical and other issues. 
So it's, it's, you know, again, it's just not an easy, an easy issue, but it doesn't mean we should give up and we should continue to press for what makes research based the most sense um, from a nutrition criteria standpoint um, and, and never give up on those lofty goals and not continue to let anybody drive us backwards. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Kaufman. And um, is there anything you'd like, uh huh? I enjoyed it. You, <laughs> it was very, so much fun. Yeah. yeah. And you're, you're so knowledgeable on this subject. I mean, it was amazing. So um, are you. And, oh, thank you so much. Um, so anything you would like to promote or add? Um, I, we already talked about advocacy and how parents should just go to their schools and advocate, write letters, change the school inches, try to do something. You know, right, at right. least put your, your word in, but anything else you'd like to add from the conversation we just well, had? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, parents have to model the right behavior, right? So, um, you know, my, my favorite images of, you, you can't have soda, but I'm sitting here drinking a 12-ounce exactly. soda. So we have to model, uh, and it's not always easy. You know, I mean, we have our own needs and desires too. Um, and I can tell you, as a grandparent, I, I try. Sometimes I fail very short. Sometimes I want to give my grandchildren a treat as well. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, you know, w w but small steps. Try the best. And, you know, if you um, fall short, uh, get back up on your feet and, and try your best the next time. Awesome. Thank you so okay. much. All right. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye.